0: too bad we're not doing video podcasts because my hair game is on point today <laughs> <laughs> hello and welcome back to another episode of the streaming heap god it feels good to be able to say that regularly <laughs> again my name is Lin. i'll be your host today and any other day and I have here with me my co-host Eric. Hello. The unapologetic geek. That's me. Hi, right, Eric. Today we're gonna to talk more about three more episodes of the Sandman. Um if you guys want to, you know, reach out to us in inputs, theories, appreciations, hate mail, send your emails <laughs> over to the streaming heap at outlook.com. Um A little inside baseball, we actually recorded the last episode of this episode back-to-back two days in a row. So if you sent emails after the first one, we haven't got it yet. Right, yeah. (laughs) Okay, before we get to the main course, though, we're going to discuss some of the stuff we've been watching during the uh, impromptu hiatus we had.
1: Right, because there's been a lot to talk about.
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh, The two things we picked today are Stranger Things Season 4 and Miss Marvel. Eric, which one do you want to start with?
1: Um, let's start with Stranger Things. Uh um,
0: Okay, let's talk about Miss Marvel. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right, Stranger Things. <laughs> what did you think?
1: Uh I liked most of it. Um I haven't decided if I liked it more than season 3 or not, but I really enjoyed it. However, I feel like the entire Russia subplot was pointless and annoying oh, and 100%, yeah. Every time it would cut back to that that subplot, yep. I just feel like get on with it. I don't care.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who totally, completely agree with you.
1: Uh, it um... just it makes me mad. <laughs> like it just seems like so <laughs> ancillary, and it never really ties in at the end either. It's just it's just a subplot that goes nowhere. It, all it does is resurrect a character who. Rightfully had a good death, you know, and I'm not sure I understand why they went that route.
0: Well, to be fair, like they—they they were never meant to kill him off. It was always a fake out.
1: Of course, I mean they—they they knew that going into it, but still, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, it, it just—I like the characters, like I like the new Warden and stuff. It's just not interesting, you know.
1: Yeah, it just did not seem to relate to the main storyline, like at all. And
0: this season is so bloated already, like. Do they forget how to make television shows? Like, what's happening?
1: <laughs> yeah, they're just like, making what's... movies and, you know, splitting them up a little bit. Like, the yeah. last two episodes no. are basically movies. <laughs> yeah, you joke, but that's, like,
0: one of my major complaints with Netflix dropping everything at once. Like, they know people are going to binge it, so they just kind of stop making TV shows with a beginning, middle, and the end every episode. They just kind of, like, I don't know, we shot 10 hours of footage and we divide it up whichever <laughs> way we want it. Enjoy. <laughs>
2: Yeah, basically.
0: <laughs> now that I'm working full time again, I'm like, hey, stop that shit. I need closure uh, before I go to sleep. And I did just watch two hours of your television show. Give me some closure.
1: <laughs> this was especially egregious just because the episode lengths were so random and it yeah. didn't seem to serve that much narrative purpose. Like they didn't seem to, no. each episode didn't seem to have justify its length like in the right way like it just didn't it wasn't episodic it really was one really long story just chopped up arbitrarily
0: yeah i also overall re- like the um season i think i liked it better than season three but i have some major complaints about the season and stranger things <laughs> overall so Things need to stop introducing new characters to kill off every season
1: yes it's getting really old and and i think I was the most down on season four in the first episode or two, where they're just constantly introducing new characters, and I was just uh, really,
0: <laughs> yeah, stop it. Well, the, the the one in season one, the cheerleader worked for me because I thought she was going to last at least the whole season. Like I right. thought that like a romantic subplot between her and Eddie was going like going to be the, throughout the series. So hard death actually shocked me, and I appreciated that. Um, even though it's still a trick, like they're not killing off any of the main characters. They're just introducing new characters to kill off. Basically. But the Eddie thing at the end is so dumb, I think. It's <laughs> so
1: egregious. Like,
0: <laughs> they just wrote him really like to be a super likable character, which it worked. I love him. But then like it's just to kill him off. And for no reason. Like, yeah, they
1: didn't need to kill him. He could have survived.
0: Just fine. Well, and also like his, his reasoning, putting himself in danger, it was weak.
1: It was. <laughs> I know what they were going for, but it didn't yeah. really click.
0: <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling like, like, yeah, they could have, you know, explore other options. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they
1: um. could have made it clear that it was either going to be him or uh, the other kid. One of them had to die and like they could have set up the situation a little better so that he had to sacrifice himself. But yeah, yeah, instead he just like bikes away and stands his ground like an idiot. He didn't need to stand his ground at all.
0: (laughs) Yes. And why didn't we get a scene of everybody mourning him? Like all the people who knew him, not just um, the kid. I forgot his name. I've forgotten all of their names.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too. I'm sitting here
0: trying. (laughs) I remember Will. Um... Will, yeah. The one with the haircut. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Poor guy. That's that's the strangest thing on that show. (laughs) (laughs) That
1: is so unfortunate.
0: I'm not the one to talk about other people's haircuts, considering the, the dumb things I do to my own hair, but your head shouldn't look like a penis, I'm just saying.
1: Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> You're fine. I'm uh, just bald, that's all.
0: <laughs> and why are we setting up a freaking love triangle again? Is that, is that what's happening again with freaking Steve and Jonathan and the... Girl.
1: yeah it feels like they're they're going back to that for some reason yeah. i'm not really sure why yeah
0: just have a healthy relationship for god's sake just
1: come on they just don't know how to write that i guess they, they, they yeah. have to have some kind of romantic tension and
0: i hate I, mean, I hate when when writers can't write uh like yeah like you said i have a happy healthy relationship that's interesting uh, yeah. so they just make drama instead but I mean so the the like friendship well.
1: the friendship between um, Steve and the other girl whose name I can't remember Robin Robin Robin, Robin. like their yeah. relationship is really healthy and happy and yeah. good and like yeah. they wrote that well but it's just because they're friends and they can't be romantically involved um, yeah so I don't know I think that's a writing deficiency like they use this as a crutch yeah. to give yeah. the characters more tension that doesn't need yeah. to be there.
0: And I, I, Nancy used to be one of my favorite characters and she doesn't really, I mean, she's just Nancy Drew this season.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, she had I mean, a much better. I mean, that's probably why they
0: called her. She Nancy. had a much better
1: arc in the last season than she did. Yeah. She doesn't really have an arc in this season.
0: Yeah. And I didn't like that she was mean to Robin. Robin is sweet and pure and must be protected at all costs.
1: <laughs> I agree.
0: Only good things might have, must happen to uh, Robin i love steve too but they can kill off steve if robin can be happy
1: i almost feel like they should have killed off steve i thought yes i thought that was what they were trying to set up with this romantic triangle thing just like give him a little bit of of hope and then kill him off like i felt like that's where they were going wow
0: who hurt you eric (laughs) (laughs)
1: look i like my horror bleak
0: (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I thought so too. But, you know, they don't have the balls. This before season, none of the main characters have even harmed in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, they, they're and, not going to do it. <laughs> and the girl who's in a coma at the end, she's going to come back. She's yeah, gonna be she's fine. still
1: alive. Yeah.
0: Because they set it up. They said, um, number one, absorb. Um, every every time he kills, he gets stronger because he absorbs everything the person he killed was and is. So Eleven is going to use her powers to pull the memories of um, that girl, whose name I forgot, out of number one and put it back in her head. And she's going to be fine. Yeah, I don't like know how they're going to fix her either.
1: chakra and everything. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're Star Trek a- 3 all over again. Yeah, they gotta travel back in time, save some whales.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: am I missing two different Star Trek movies? Yeah, up? those are
1: two different movies. That was Star Trek. <laughs> Star Trek Three is the one where Spock comes back.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. After Khan, when he right.
1: dies, he died at the Khan! end. Khan. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> okay, I think we just lost like at least half our audience. Well, <laughs>
1: we don't need those people anyway. <laughs>
0: um, okay. Any other thought about Stranger Things? Are you excited about season five?
1: Um, I am excited about season five. And the thing I think I like the most about season four was the end of the first half where it, it like, it had the, the, the twist that Vecna was one. I mean, you kind of see it coming right before it happens, but it was still very well done. I really appreciated that.
0: I, I called it when, um, we got the flashback from Creel. When they visit him in the hospital and he started talking about, um, uh, his past and um, he, the one line where he's like, oh, and, and my son, he he's always been a little bit sensitive, and I'm like, oh, that's just a that's just a flag for like he's weird. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he's he's the freaking Wagner. Right. <laughs> I didn't realize he was like one, you know, because that's not really predictable. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. The clues, it was way to you know was.
1: that. Um yeah. <laughs> but no, you called it before I did, so good for you. <laughs> I'm usually thank really you, good at it. that. <laughs>
0: Um, and also, I really enjoy the memes of everybody being horny for um, the Vecna, and then, then Stranger Thing's official account being like, oh my god, stop!
1: <laughs> Did you see I have not seen that. That's disturbing. You need to get off the internet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> uh, I mean, the human man who plays the Vecna is an attractive man. I get it, but... <laughs> He has no skin, man.
1: It's just not right. That's mm.
0: Yeah, it ain't right. It ain't right.
1: I also, I don't like that Kate Bush song. It, it oh, anno- really? It annoys me how popular it's become, because I didn't like it back then. I don't like it now. <laughs> I've just never liked it. Oh, I don't know. No. It's not my thing. We're going <laughs> to
0: lose more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Running up that hill. There's several reference to it as well. Did you see? Like, oh, um, yeah. Yeah, the base is at, like, Ruth Hill and stuff. Yeah. Running up the hill. <laughs> um, I don't know why they did that. That's but, but cool.
1: <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it. I just don't like the song.
0: Did I tell you that I have this crazy theory that, um... Uh, <laughs> like, I... I Every chance I have, I tell people and they never <laughs> believe it because there's an anime in the 80s called Elfin Light that nobody really remembers. And it is about like, like little kids being genetically um, enhanced and engineered and, and experimented on in a lab. And a young girl kills everybody inside and break out. And every season of um, Stranger Things, something in, a, in the season, always remind me of Elfin Light. And I'm like, the Duffer brothers have to have watched <laughs> Elfin Light. This obscure anime, nobody remembers. Uh, it, it happens again in the, that new base. Like, even 11 and Elfin, I'm like, come on, come mm,
1: on. <laughs> that is a good point. It, that does seem to fit more than what I was thinking, because I was always thinking of Akira, but that makes more sense.
0: Well, to be fair, Elfin Light, I think, was influenced by Akira as well. But, yeah, like, the, the, a few seasons ago, especially the one about how, like, bursting heads and um, escaping, like, that's a very iconic thing from Elfin Lied.
1: Hello. This is Eric coming in during the edit to uh, say that when, at least where this is concerned, is not completely insane. I was, I was looking online and I found an interview with the Duffer Brothers where they actually cite Elfin Lied as an inspiration. So, there you go.
0: Oh, and uh, speaking of theories, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna sh- uh, give a shout out to a friend of my Emma who have this crazy theories about um, tiger imagery in the <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> um, she think tiger imagery represents psychics. Like every time, every single psychic have like tiger things all around their house, and um, and the towns mascots are the tigers. And there's a headline on the newspaper that says tigers slaughtered. Um, which she think it's like oh, because they lost the they their lost. sports game. Um, and which she think um foreshadow the, um, <laughs> the, the giant messica. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um and based on that theory, she think um uh Will, um Mr. Penis here, is a psychic.
1: <laughs> okay. I mean, like that's possible, but I don't see the tiger injury. Whatever. (laughs) Sorry, I try. (laughs) No, like Um, I I would need a video to show me like all the evidence, and then then I'll probably start believing just because I like pattern recognition.
0: I don't know about the tiger thing. I I buy it. Um, She was very convincing when she was showing me (laughs) screenshots of pictures she took on her phone of Netflix with another phone.
1: (laughs) Well, it is tricky to get a screenshot of Netflix. (laughs) Uh,
0: uh, But I do think um, there is a big reveal coming in season five that Will is a psychic.
1: That wouldn't Um, really surprise me. I mean, it would would give Will something to do. That's yeah. And I mean, yeah. he spent a lot of time in the Upside Down in the first season, and that's always well, stayed with him.
0: Not just that, but we have several new information. The Upside Down becoming a mirror imagery of um, Hawkins is a new thing. When the Vecna got sucked in, it was just like, it was like a void, a hellish landscape. Mm, yeah. yeah. And another thing is when they were exploring inside um, uh, Upside Down, there was an offhanded comment about like the upside down isn't being updated up to date with right it's modern... like
1: stopped in time yeah
0: yeah and i think it's stopped in time the day will will disappear into the upside down yeah and i think that's because will made the upside down to be a mirror of hawking like he got pulled in and his i think maybe subconsciously he lashed out wanting to be home and made made a replica of Hawkins inside the Upside Down, so he feels slightly more safer.
1: I like that theory. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I, yeah. So I think he's a powerful psychic in hiding.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Like, haven't like not realized yet. Are you yeah, wearing yeah. a color white beebop shirt?
1: Oh yeah, that's that's uh, that's radical Ed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry guys, I know podcasting is not a visual medium, but
1: I just I sat up and he saw my shirt. So
0: yeah. <laughs> Alright, so that's all I have on Stranger Things. Do you have any more?
1: No, I think that's good. I think we gotta keep going.
0: <laughs> yeah, we um, we're not gonna get anything from Stranger Things for at least another two years. So Yeah, Stranger uh, okay.
1: Things takes its time, and that's fine. I don't really care that they're aging. I actually kind of like it. So. <laughs>
0: it's really funny to me. It is funny, especially, and the memes are great. Be, Yeah, <laughs> especially because they keep refusing to do time skips. I know. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I am looking forward to 2025 where six grown-ass men are running around pretending to be 14 years.
1: <laughs> I do like that they, they did have the balls to like totally wreck Hawkins. Um, I'm really curious to see how that plays out in season five.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. Well, let's move on to Ms. Marvel then.
1: Okay, Ms. Marvel. Uh, it's probably my least favorite Marvel show so far. Um, oh, really? Oh. Yeah, I, I liked... The character of Ms. Marvel, and I like the actress mm-hmm. who plays her. Fantastic, no complaints there. I like the the style they were going for, especially in the first episode or two. But narratively, it was just a mess of like comic book <laughs> cliches and like how many different characters are going to be like teenage boys that she can have a crush on. It's just it was really uh, silly. All of them. <laughs> yeah, I know it's really <laughs> silly. <laughs> um yeah i didn't I didn't like the overarching plot, but I liked the character. if that makes sense. Mm,
0: yeah. I think um when you explain it like that, I think I don't completely disagree with you. I like the I like the show as well, but I think it's because I wasn't expecting too much, you know. Um, I in my head, Miss Marvel always h- had that like teenage drama mixed with superhero uh, l- level of comics, which like the Runaways used to occupy for me. Like I'm a big Runaways fan, yeah. and uh, I never liked Miss Marvel as much as I like Runaways, and I don't like the TV show because it's not good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty terrible. I think I only watched the first episode. I'm like, I can't do this.
0: <laughs> I wa- I watched the first season, and James Masters agent really need to get him better jobs because <laughs> um he was good in it like he was good at chase chase father sorry i'm getting off track back to miss marvel uh,
1: <laughs> it's so easy to get derailed
0: <laughs> yeah uh yeah i i too really like the character and i like the overall feel of it and i like all the uh, music like which surprises me because i normally don't like Bollywood like I, I don't like Bollywood songs really uh yeah it just I don't know like it really like I'm not trying to disrespect the culture it's just as a genre of music it really feel cringy to me
1: <laughs> I think it's kind of like intentionally that way I mean all yeah. I, I'll be honest all I know from Bollywood music is what I hear in Indian restaurants so <laughs> I'm kind of. hardly cultural in that regard <laughs> <laughs>
0: But I, I liked it in this show. And um, they also displayed a lot of modern Indian music as well, like, like rap artists and trap and dance, um, which I appreciated.
1: Just like Moon, just like in Moon Knight, I felt like it really represented the culture of the characters yeah. a lot better than yeah. Marvel has done in the past.
0: Yes, completely agreed. And I feel like this is a show aimed at um, an audience that are a lot younger than us. Yeah, Marvel is starting to realize that they... The, one, the fans they won over when they started are now um, <laughs> either young adults or, or people with back or,
1: problems, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whole people with Arrested Development uh, with um, <laughs> podcasts.
1: <laughs> Balding men wearing Cowboy Bebop shirts and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: a 34-year-old podcasting from his bedroom with uh, transition lenses. <laughs> that um, matches hair. <laughs> yeah, it's true. hair's red, Glasses is red. <laughs> um so yeah, I think they're trying to appeal the younger appeal to younger audience get them into the MCU as you know, they clearly have like another decade, two decade of content planned at least. So uh, I think that's a good path. Um and I think it was enjoyable enough. That being said, um their time travel thing is it was weak. Like, it, yeah. <laughs>
1: I knew they were going to do it because they 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 foreshadowed it so yeah. much. It was so obvious yep. that that's what they were going yeah, to I'm do. Like,
0: it's hard. Yeah, yeah.
1: But then it yep. it's still like when it actually happened, it felt really half-assed.
0: <laughs> well, they it broke the already said in the MCU. About exactly. Yeah,
1: that too. Yeah, I'm a stickler for time travel rules, so yeah, yeah. I know that.
0: <laughs> Which, uh, as a comic fan, like I know, um, a lot of YouTubers are going to do hot take videos about like. Either attacking it or justifying it. This is how i work in comics. Different writers are gonna come up with different rules and you're not gonna be able to justify it into a coherent brand Bible of how things work. So we're just gonna to have to live with it as MCU get more diverse.
1: I'm a Star Trek fan, yeah. so you know, I just have to live with inconsistent time travel rules. Oh yeah,
0: it's Star <laughs> Trek, though so that's Fucking, okay. <laughs> way less <laughs> forgivable. They're discovering like three different ty- new type of time trouble each season,
1: yeah, pretty which much. they
0: never reference again. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, anything else about Miss Marvel?
1: I mean, they mentioned mutants. That's something, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> didn't expect that.
0: Oh, and um. People being upset about her being changed to a mutant in the MCU because she was an inhuman in the comics. A little bit of historical context: the creator of Ms. Marvel actually wanted to make her a mutant when she first created it, but at the time, um, the Marvel Comics was kind of trying to star Fox out. Like they, they were starting to feel that the comics are being uh, becoming kind of like more like advertising and testing ground for the success of their live-action counterparts. So they were like, well. Our, all our mutant focus is just giving publicity to somebody else. <laughs> so we're just going to focus on Inhumans. Didn't work. Um, that's why um, she had to make her an Inhuman instead of a mutant. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe that'll make you feel better. Maybe that won't. But
1: And anyway, you really want the Inhumans? I don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want the big I want the big dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in the comics, before that happened, the Inhumans were really interesting just because they were always in the background. As mm. soon as they tried to put them in the foreground, they kind of suck. <laughs> just in the comics Why, like, and on TV. <laughs> they also are
0: not like really distinct enough for, from Mutants in a Any meaningful way. Like, basically, the origins are, yeah, (laughs) I know that origins are different. Like, I know that in story explanation is different, but they don't serve a different function for them to exist in the MCU.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And the inhumans don't have the, the like, the the civil rights uh, analogy. Like it's not there with the inhumans. And that's one of the things that makes the X-Men so interesting, you know?
0: Well, yeah. And also because they were they like a royal ruling family. They kind of dicks Basically, you know? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the opposite of like interesting civil, uh, civil rights <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> it's that they like, I don't know, this is about being a royalist, I guess. <laughs> the divine right of kings. <laughs> uh but yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. The um, girl they got to play Miss Marvel is perfect.
1: Yeah, she's like, excellent. I, like, I love her. They
0: just found Miss Marvel yeah, totally. in real life. <laughs> <laughs> like, her attitude uh, in real life is, is exactly just the, the same. same. Yeah. yeah. The same. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> including her, like, bugging and trolling and arguing with Kevin Feige about <laughs> obscure comic fats. Hilarious. I love how, like, even though he's a massively successful man who is running this whole uh, multi-billion dollar franchise, he's like having to deal with a 14 year old who's like, man, you're wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's his life. Yeah, he should be expecting yeah. that. <laughs> All right. Um, you have anything else on this model? I don't think so. I think I think it pretty much said my piece.
0: Okay, then we're gonna take a little break and we're gonna come straight back to talk about the salmon episode 4 to 6. I'm very excited. Okay, Okay, so let's take a break. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm so excited to discuss these three episodes of Sandman Episode 4 to 6 for those who are just joining us Because episode 4 and episode 6 are two of my favorite episodes of this season And um, like they, they also like my favorite stories in the comics So that makes sense And I think they nailed most of the adaptation in this bit So what did you think of this?
1: I'm going to surprise you I thought episode 5 was the best one of this of these three um, <laughs> oh! i liked all three episodes like a lot but I, yeah. episode five kind of blew me away took it to the next level for me I oh you
0: should that. really read the version in the comic man all right all right all right we'll get to it we'll get straight into it okay shall we go straight in and start to talk about hell yeah fuck it. everything <laughs> in it? fuck it let's go <laughs> to hell <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor Matthew! He's like, ah, uh, what? we hell? Oh, god! Hell is real. Why is it cold? <laughs> so, what did you think of hell itself—the visual representation of it?
1: It was really good. It reminded me a lot of uh, what dreams may come, which is a, 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 a which is a compliment. Um, it was it was twisted, but not. I mean, it could have been more twisted and horrifying. It wasn't really. Hmm like we were talking about in the last episode, it it didn't really lean into the horror as much as it could have. But I thought it did a good job with like the bodies attached to the wall that every once in a while start moving um, stuff like that. I mean, it was cool. It wasn't scary, but it was cool.
0: Yeah. Um, Neil Gaiman's intention and instructions uh, when um, he was telling the artist to uh, draw hell was always he want visually for hell and its inhabitants to be like one and the same, you know? Right. Like you don't really know where one end and the other starts. And they really nailed that in the comics and they really nailed that in the interpretation here as well. But like um, you said, and like I've been saying last episode, they definitely do tone down the grotesque parts of it. <clears throat> and, you know, they tone down the the psychosexual parts of it as well. Um, which I don't really understand because I mean it's on Netflix. That's no Yeah, they could totally to... lean
1: into it if they wanted to. I, yeah, they're just yeah. trying to keep it broad.
0: Yeah, but still, it's a show with Lucifer in it. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm not like disappointed or anything with this depiction of hell. I just don't understand why they have to tone some of the stuff down. Um, no, I'm with you, especially since concept.
1: Netflix has actually some really great horror content on it but they just chose not to go in that direction with the show so
0: yeah yeah um so what did you think of um lucifer
1: uh gwendolyn christie's amazing um
0: yes.
1: I I had very high expectations and she met them just fine. Like I was not disappointed. <laughs> she was really really good as Lucifer.
0: The first shot of her is literally straight out of the comic panel. Like she's standing exact same way, she's framed exact same way, her head slightly tilted and deliver the exact same line. And nice. Like, Fuck yeah.
1: And I like her sudden outfit change from white to black when she becomes a so competitor. good. So great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I
0: laugh so hard because when cro or whatever the I don't God remember his name, name, the demons. Is, um, uh, <laughs> when he says I choose Lucifer um, Dream's face is like oh, that's that's a man who just realized he just fucked up.
1: He <laughs> <laughs> was red just then he realized he fucked up. Yeah.
0: And then <laughs> And then Lucifer walk into the frame from behind him, having already changed
1: her outfit. Yeah, and sorry, I... the rules of hell say I gotta do this.
0: <laughs> and she's so much taller than him. Well, they, they are. Sorry, I, I keep saying she because of Quandal and Christie, but um the character would be go by they, and they are so much taller than <laughs> Dream. <laughs> so in the frame, it, like Dream is just standing in front of like it's just that meme of <laughs> I'm in danger. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the dramatic outfit change of both Dream and Lucifer (laughs) made me crack up, and it worked really well. It was
1: really cool. Like, it it worked for me.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let me get into my soapbox a little bit about Lucifer uh, themselves, okay? (laughs) Okay, sure. Uh, uh, So, in case people don't know, the TV show Lucifer is supposed to be the same character. (laughs) Like, the show Lucifer is supposed to be a spin-off of this character after Sandman, or like during, concurrently. Um, After more of the, like, after their role in later in Sandman, the spin-off happened. And I think even people who enjoy that show, and I don't mind if you enjoy that show, like, I don't think the show itself is terrible. I think the show itself is terrible at being adaptation of the the Lucifer comics. I'm sorry if I'm insulting you, if you enjoy the show, I don't mean to, but (laughs) I think you should be able to see how different the two characters are, right? Like this Lucifer is somebody who walked out of paradise lost, prideful, vindictive, have a twisted sense of humor and just um, will and id personified, right?
1: Basically, yeah.
0: (laughs) Lucifer from the TV show is like a sex maniac horny <laughs> uh, dude who helped detective solve murders. <laughs> like You can see why people who wanted the comic book adapted would be disappointed. And like I said last uh, last episode, um, w- the only reason I get upset at adaptation is the opportunity cost it create against a uh, good adaptation. And I don't understand why that show took the rights to characters that are public domain (laughs) and insisted that it is an adaptation of that comic and made a completely (laughs) different one. I don't understand. Just make a show about Lucifer solving crime in L.A. Why did you... (laughs)
1: people who have been listening to us for a while know that we're very forgiving of weird adaptations but it's got to be really bad for Lynn to get this worked out (laughs) this is my one bugbear like I love Runaway and I don't
0: like the Runaway adaptation but I'm not that mad about it because like you know they tried and it's team drama it doesn't work but with Lucifer I'm like why did you if you want to make a different show why did you take the rights to the comic They just found it in a bargain bin or something. Um, <laughs> uh, now I'm even more mad because Gwendolyn Christie is here and she's great. And I'm like, well, there's never going to be a more <laughs> comic book, faithful spin off adaptation when Gwendolyn Christie in it <laughs> because <laughs> they already made one and it was completely different. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so. If you watch that show, Lucifer, you will also recognize Miser King in the background. Um, Lucifer's second in command with the messed up half face. Um, She was in the show as well. Um, But uh, once again, they also made her like a sarcastic, socializing, um, half-sex, sex-mad character.
1: (laughs) Yeah, in this, she didn't really do much. I mean, she was there and she was cool, but...
0: Two thousand years later... Sorry if there's a weird edit there because uh, we just run into quite a bit of technical problems. (laughs) Um, The internet wasn't strong enough to handle my rants against Lucifer. (laughs) (laughs) One of the most popular shows on Netflix for some reason.
1: (laughs) A lot of weird things are popular on Netflix, man. This is
0: true. And I I hear it's fun. Like, like if you want, like, Californication with, like, Paradise Lost characters. I hear it's fun, but <laughs> I watched like two episodes and could not handle it. And I'm just like, Why'd <laughs> why did you make this? Why why did you buy the right to make this? <laughs> <laughs> just make it by call it something else. Um anyway, uh yeah, what I was saying was about Maza King as well. Um uh, she's a major character in um the spin-off as well. And here, um the one thing they changed that uh, makes me laugh, uh but it, it's necessary, is she talk normally in the in the comics. You can't like it, her speech bubbles are fucked up because she only have half her face. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like you can see her jaws and stuff. Like it, 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 she's a lot more fucked up in the uh, in comics, like because her skin is totally gone. Like you get her mouth is like her tongue is half hanging out of that side. So like. <laughs> but it—it's—it was hard to read, man. Like <laughs> literally when I was young, and English is still like—I'm in the early year of speaking English as my second language. And I'm like, what is she saying?
2: I <laughs> that <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Lord Lucifer. Like, all right. I think she said Lord Lucifer, or God any butter. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, before we get into the main big events of this episode, which is of course the showdown between Lucifer and Dream, let's talk about little things and changes from the comics and all that, uh, which I hope people are enjoying. Um, <laughs> what do you think about the, the another demon we meet, Squatterbloat, the guy who guide him
1: from... I mean, like he games. looked menacing, but he, there wasn't really much of a character there, it was just a big demon kind of leading him on and then at one point he disappears for no reason and then comes back and i don't know <laughs> there wasn't really a lot to him
0: um so this is another instance of them getting rid of uh, direct references to dc comics because Squatterbloat was in this episode uh in this um comic issue uh but he only greeted dream at the gate and dream kind of like like hurts him because he he insults dreams, and then Etrigan, which is a DC character, Etrigan the Demon, take over, and he's the one that guide, uh, Dream to Lucifer's castle, and um, deliberately take him past Nada's cage
1: to annoy right. him. Okay.
0: Um. So Etrigan, uh, for people who are kind of familiar with DC, uh, he usually shows up in a lot of Justice League Dark stories. Like, he's done a lot of um, appearances together with Constantine. Um, and especially if people have watched a lot of the um, recent uh, DC animated movies, he has shown up in a couple of them, especially the ones that have Constantine in it. Right. <laughs> I, in fact, I think there was a Justice League dark um, animated movie, and both Constantine and Etrigan was in it. Um, and the rhyming thing, which people might have found weird, the demon speaking in rhyme. Yeah. It annoyed me because he said one thing without rhyming. I'm like, fuck, fix it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like that little OCD part of your brain. Just yeah, can't handle yeah. it.
0: <laughs> yeah. He said, where is your Ruby without rhyming? like He asked, he, he rhymed for the rest. Um, but um, during that time, during um, Seven was first coming out, uh, DC was putting out a lot of horror anthologies. Right. And they're they're starting to um, develop an actual lore for like, um, Their demons and hell denizens and stuff, and um, they did that thing where like rhymers, uh, d- demons that rhymes uh, it represent they uh like a high, they have a higher office in hell. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was that that was why he rhymed in the comic, and I guess he rhymes in this show because he rhymed in the <laughs> Just comic. Just because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't really care that they remove Etrigan, um, but when he take. Um, Dream to the castle. Of course, we meet Nada for the first time. As somebody who have no context, what do you think of about Nada and Dream's explanation about her backstory so far?
1: I mean, I have very little information to go on. It, it was it felt more like a tease for something later than anything else.
0: Right, but uh, we get that um, they were past lovers. So we right. find out that Dream Dream has have had lovers.
1: You know, well, you can't personific- get that emo without having lost love, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hide my, uh, my chemical romance records uh, <laughs> surreptitiously, just <laughs> brush them under the bed right here. Um, but it is a little bit weird to find that out, though, isn't it? Because it's supposed to be a personification of a concept.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is a little awkward and weird, but like, I don't know, it didn't really surprise me. Like, you got to give him some kind of backstory, right?
0: Right. Well, it's not really a backstory. It's just something that happened in the hundreds of thousands of years he left. Right, uh, he he's has been
1: around for a long time, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, technically forever.
1: Uh, he's endless, right? Uh,
0: also, what do you think about what they say, you know, like, that uh, uh, he imprisoned her because she defied him. Because that's all we get so far.
1: Yeah, and, and then keeps, he won't means- forgive her. Yeah, he hasn't forgiven her yet.
0: Yeah, so that's one of the changes that is like, that they're going to have to justify later because you correctly guess this is a plot threat for a later plot. Um, But the dream they have set up is a lot nicer than the dream in the comics. We already um, said that. And I just can't believe that the dream they have set up in the show would have imprisoned a woman in hell for hundreds of thousands of years for defying it. So when they do the backstory later, uh which... I want to swallow it for you. They don't this season.
1: <laughs> I figured as com- much, by the way, you were talking already. So,
0: In the comics, they do. Um, like, uh, uh, the story revealing their backstory actually comes before the next story after Dollhouse. Uh, but they didn't do it in this show, which is probably rightly so. Uh, it, I think it belonged more in the next season. Um, but I think they're going to twist it so it's a little bit more sympathetic. Um, unlike in the comics, in which it is exactly as it sounds, um, she said no, so he imprisoned her. <laughs> it seems dick. like
1: fitting with the the character you described last time. Yeah. like the one from the yeah. comics is a lot more of a dick. So yeah, yeah.
0: So, so I think they're gonna have to change that. This plot, this hanging plot thread is—they're just gonna have to make it more a little bit more complicated and um, sympathetic as to why he holds such a grudge.
1: Yeah, like she's gonna have to do something worse than just say no like i don't
0: know well like they they they, they you know it, the way it was structured in the comic is it's like a third a third person telling their story so there's room for wig you know well uh, there's room. wiggle room like yeah um but it is supposed to be like a romance story but she they love each other but she just think a mortal and an endless can't be together right so that's the context uh but it's still a sucky thing for him to do so i'm curious as to how they will justify it in the show um okay, so Dream's character in this, uh, I think this is when I finally start gelling with um Dr- uh, the show Dream okay. like I've accepted that he's not that aloof um like you know sure of himself asshole king from the comics, uh, who is great for like little, um, wannabe goth kids like me running around to love but <laughs> I think modern audience really wanted more sympathetic character and he is enjoyable and like like lovable and worth rooting for in this episode like it starts to come together you know yeah um uh, like for example in the comics he attacks quarterbloat here he's kind of amused that this demon is giving him lips like he actually smiles.
1: Yeah he which... like plays with him a little bit yeah
0: yeah yeah which comic dream almost never do. <laughs> Right. I like that. And I like his little cocky uh, until at the end of the episode, until um, you do destroy me (laughs) until that time. (laughs) I'll see you later. Like that was good. Um, Yeah. So his personality comes through a lot more in this. What did you think?
1: No, I mean, like I liked his character in this. I liked that he uh, he basically had the goods. I mean, the story plot wise, it's a little problematic for him to go up against Lucifer and basically beat her twice. or them twice, but you know, it, it shows him in a more, um, I don't want to say sympathetic or heroic, but in a more just successful light, I guess. I don't know what word I'm trying to go for here. Um, what do you, what do you mean
0: beat Lucifer twice?
1: Well, first he beats her in the contest and then he beats her when she says, I, you have no power here. I'm going to imprison you forever. And he's like, Oh, well, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's still the same theme though, like the theme of dream and hope being requirements for hells to function. Yeah, without
1: it, hell doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I don't mind the double victory because it's still the same theme that they're reinforcing. Um so in the comics, he doesn't fight Lucifer. The the shape-shifting contest does happen, but he fight the demon that has have his hell.
1: Okay. Like that would have made more narrative sense, but it would have been really disappointing to have Gwendolyn Christie's Lucifer and not have her fight him. <laughs> yeah.
0: The change is the change is completely warranted. And it also makes sense that when Lucifer realized that she she ha- they have been cornered into um shape-shifting into something that will kill hope, they immediately give up. I think that makes sense. Not be I think it's like the way I interpret that scene is that's it's not because she couldn't think of anything that will kill hope. I think it's because she had to personify something that kill hope and
1: she realized she can't do that as ruler of hell (laughs) yeah that made sense (laughs) I got that because she was angry but she wasn't angry that she lost she was angry that she couldn't do like she couldn't win the way yeah
0: yeah because Lucifer is is also a uh, creature of hope right how can they exist uh, without hope of defeating heaven at some point because otherwise they literally person stuck in hell (laughs) right and that
1: was the whole point (laughs)
0: yeah yeah uh yeah i really like that i really like the change um though what do you think about the game itself
1: it was weird <laughs> <laughs> did you um, like it i think i got into it yeah like i like how it escalated really quickly it went from you yeah. know snake horse to universe <laughs> <laughs> i loved that that was really fun
0: it reminded me of when you were kids, like, you would just keep adding things to your address right, you until you're, like, country up earth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it
1: was um, fun. Like, you know, it, it didn't... It made sense in the moment. It's very silly if you think about it too hard, but I liked it. It was fine.
0: Uh, the one complaint I have, though, is they kept the game, I think, exactly word to word from the comics. Really? They should have changed... Yeah, I, I believe so. I haven't confirmed it, but like I remember every single form um, that happened. Um, but they should have changed one thing, anti-life.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, as soon as I said that, I caught myself because I was thinking, what, what is this, like a DC comic? Oh, wait, yeah, it is a DC comic. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So in DC comic, it, anti-life is a concept that makes sense because it's like a lot of cosmic stuff centered around uh, Darkseid's quest for anti-life. Anti life, right. whatever. The anti life um, equation. Yeah. Yes, exactly. They should change it to entropy. So yeah, literally, sure. every time they says anti life, they should have just changed it to entropy.
1: Because it was the same concept. Yeah. That's yeah. what's going to cause but, the darkness at the end of the universe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Lucifer is also the beast, you know. Um, so, if they just changed anti-life to entropy, I think I would have liked it a little, a little bit better. I don't understand why they changed it. Like it's such an awkward word and like outside of the DC context, it doesn't really make any sense.
1: I've always thought it was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, the whole concept yeah. was dumb of anti-life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't like Dark Side and Apocalypse and anything to do with those guys. Like I always thought that they were dumb. Um sorry, I know Jack Kirby designed them and they look <laughs> awesome, but I thought the stories were dumb. Uh, <laughs> I don't uh, disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what else about hell do you you want to talk about?
1: Um, I don't feel like we saw enough of it. Yeah,
0: me too. It, after the trip to the castle, it feel a little bit um, like the, it's, it. Feel like the castle is one room.
1: <laughs> yeah, it felt <laughs> it like
0: claustrophobic.
1: It really reminded you that you're on a set and everything is CG, yeah. and it's not really yeah. a place anymore. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, a couple of changes they made that I think were, uh, I understand, but I was kind of disappointed. Um, so when the contest is agreed upon, they magically changed the location to like a CD, like um, stand-up night, uh, nightclub. Like, so all <laughs> the demons are like dressed up and on tables, but like uh, they're being host, the context is being hosted as if it's like inside of a CD bar slash nightclub. Um, and <laughs> they're doing like stand-up.
1: That would have been fun. I mean, that's that kind yeah. It feels like something that would belong in Legion more than this show. Yeah. But yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But it also make it more magical. I don't know. Hell didn't really feel that
1: magical. Not um, really. Like I said, we didn't spend enough time there. And yeah,
0: yeah. They also didn't uh, make the point that uh, in the comics they repeat that, uh, which is hell is there because the people would think they deserve to be punished. Like, the people aren't really being trapped there. They they are there because they believe they belong there.
1: Right. That's which, a, another thing that reminds me of what dreams may come. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, which really tie into the concept of hope and dreams being necessary for hell to keep functioning. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Because the humans need that. I'm kind of disappointed that they took that out. But I guess they didn't really want to do too much with religion. I don't know.
1: Maybe, but you're already in hell. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you don't want to avoid it at that point. Right, exactly. If you don't want to step on toes of religious people, don't adapt Neil Gaiman's works.
1: <laughs> religious fundamentalists have already checked out. They're not watching the show. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, they checked out around the time you said the word Lucifer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing um, I understand why they changed is because when um, Dream showed up in hell, he discovered that hell is a triumvirate. Uh, (laughs) Lucifer has allowed two other lords of hell to rule alongside them in a triumvirate, um, which is supposed to represent that Lucifer is kind of in a rut. Like they could have easily defeated and like uh, killed this uprising, but they're just bored. So they're just like, hell, why the hell not? You know, like, yeah, sure. you you, You think you guys can rule as well as me? Why not rule as a triumvirate? Okay, which I think is important to more of the events that happens later. But I also understand they don't want to be like they don't want to show up at hell. They want a baseline, right? They want to introduce Lucifer and Masakin and Hell. They don't want to be like this is hell, but also for some reason it's already a triumvirate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have to streamline the story. I mean, that's just part of basic adaptation. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I think that's fine to to change that. But although I wanted to see more demons. Like we were in hell and we saw Lucifer Mazer King, Squatter Bloat, and Crozabond or whatever his name was. Yeah, and all the other That's demons all...
1: were just like CG mush in the background, yeah. like way far yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and they're not weird enough. They're all humanoid. I need to see more weird shit. I agree. But other than other than that, I really like this episode. Um Gwendolyn Christie nailed it. I can't believe you don't like this
1: episode better than the next one the next episode just it's it's so surprised me <laughs> but <laughs> before we talk about that we, we got to talk about what leads into it that's in this episode yeah. the yep. whole thing with john uh basically hitchhiking his way to the ruby with yep. um what's her name i can't remember her name um i really like how it started all sweet and calm and nice and they're just like having this philosophical discussion and sharing their experiences in life and then it just gets darker and darker and creepier and creepier until she's lost it she's completely losing it and she's scared to death um and and i just i love how it escalates very very like organically it, it just escalates organically because john is such a he's just such a crazy person <laughs> i love how it does that and david yeah. nailed it
0: yeah, uh, and it escalates because John is obsessed with being honest. Right. You know, he he's, yeah, he just straight up tell her, uh that he he's a murderer. Um, John's character is completely different from the
1: comics. Really? Um, it, yeah.
0: In the comic, he's just crazy. Like he's not he's not crazy like this. He's not crazy like, and obsessed with like truth and revealing truth. No, he has he's like just,
1: a mission in this. You yeah, can really yeah. you can see how he thinks. It's not yeah. just totally random. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, in the comics he's, he's just a villain. He's insane and he wants to take over the world with a Ruby. Um like he wanted to play games with them. And one of the games he played in this episode, the uh, 24-7 uh, in the comics, is like um, concerning making truths come out, but it wasn't like his mission statement or anything. But I think that change is really well done. Like yeah, it that really surprises me. I thought yeah, that, yeah.
1: Um yeah. I also like how the conversation between them and the car starts with. Her saying that lying is one of the worst things you can do, and yeah. then she's immediately put in a position where she has to lie, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, which, um, I mean, makes sense, you know, like the, the, that's why absolute truth aren't great, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that being said, um, the changes okay, let's go into the changes because, yeah, um, I let, as I already said, um, John is Dr. Destiny in the comics, right? Uh, um, he's insane um he just awful with the ruby and he break the whole amulet of protection thing isn't a thing in the comics anymore by this point like it, it was only a point to ethel stealing it from um sykes so um the guy he she run away with right, so right. he get killed that's all after that it doesn't show up again so he break out of the prison using just a gun he would just he shot people <laughs> and broke up. that's so, not nearly as interesting yeah and it wasn't a good samaritan that helped him he actually kidnapped her at gunpoint oh wow but then the woman slowly realized that he is uh like insane and she she started to think that he might be harmless like you know he 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 was he was polite well-mannered even though he's pointing a gun at her so she starts feeling safe in his presence right and in the end he kills her in the comics. So it was actually a good twist to for comic book readers because in the end, I I thought she was he was gonna kill her, but they did a twist where he gives her the uh, protection amulet instead, which she shouldn't keep by the way. Like one day somebody is gonna like accidentally hurt her and gonna explode. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was
1: really neat though. Like it was a really nice way to tie that narrative thread yeah. together.
0: Yeah, and it makes sense with this version of John D. Uh, because this, like it makes he sense sees him himself as this.
1: the hero in his story. Yeah. Like he doesn't see yeah. himself as as a villain. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. He's like, he's just fucking around. Like he he has no problem with murder, but he isn't trying to actively kill people for fun. Exactly. Yeah. Until he thinks he deserves it, and he's because he's crazy. Like what he does, <laughs> people deserve isn't reasonable, but still. Also, this is the most direct um dc references they have to um take out uh which i found it really funny when dream put on the helmet and he just like i see the ruby i'm like oh okay this is how you're gonna do it because in the, in the um comics the fates tell him that the ruby was being handled by like a third rate villain called dr destiny and last it was seen was when the justice league captured him so he in the comic, he actually had to chase down the active Justice League international members uh, to to find it. Like, it was being kept in a um, Justice League uh, warehouse. <laughs> so, so in this part, we see um, Scott Free, the um, one of the characters from New Gods um, and Apocalypse that we hate. <laughs> um, and Martian Manhunter. So them getting rid of that is fine. Like I I, I, I wasn't expecting Mashimana to show up. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but doing it by saying like, he put the helmet on me, like I can see the ruby. That's a little funny to me. But we we did lose another thing, which they did it a little bit with Nada, like that different people with different cultural frameworks see, dream differently. Like Nada see her as a, a black person. Right. And when when he meet. Uh, Martian Manhunter, Martian Manhunter, see him as a being of pure fire.
1: Uh, That's interesting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, and uh, Marshall Manhunter recognized him as an old god. So so that part w- we lost, but yeah, it's fine. It, you had to get rid of it. So yeah, let's go into episode five.
1: Okay, this one it felt. It, it's always a risk when you're making a TV series like this to have an episode that almost entirely stands alone. Um, yep. and this episode felt like it stood alone. It almost felt like a play, like I was watching a play and not an episode of The Sandman. Um it you know partially because Sandman's barely in it. He doesn't show up until the end. Um Yeah. But I really really liked it. I liked that it was just it was kind of this um moral thought experiment, you know, and yep. it, it plays out like that. And I love how uh Dream explains it in the end. It, it's such a great way of recontextualizing what just happened um i don't know i freaking loved it i just loved everything about this episode yeah. this has been my favorite episode so far
0: so this that's interesting because a lot of the changes that a lot of the things you like is actually like changes uh, it, it's not a morality play in the comics the four seven thing is just john d trapping people in a diner and just kind of fucking with them <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it got a lot more grotesque as well and a lot more gory and They took out essentially all the sexual assault, which I think is fine. Like I'm not one of those people who think shows shouldn't have. (laughs) Well, I I don't. I don't think shows shouldn't have that, but I don't really need to see it either. So I'm fine that they take it off. Like I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna say like shows should never have that 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 kind of confronting things in it. But here at least with magic, it gets weird. uh, You know. when you're discussing consent with when magic is involved it get weird but at least all the sexual encounters that happen in the episode see are seemingly consensual
1: <laughs> that's for the most part they are consensual yeah <laughs> <laughs> um um uh,
0: but yeah it, it, it was real gory in the comic and like there's like multiple uh, implied um heavily implied sexual assaults and uh in the entertainer Sermon, one of the one of the instructions by Neil Gaiman is actually really funny as well it's like all right guys in this scene we're actually conveying like a six person orgy but how do we get away with it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and the way they got away with this is it's uh, John D sitting on a counter eating popcorn, and then uh, behind the counter all we see is like legs and head. And then John <laughs> D go like meat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, it, they toned that down, which I'm glad. <laughs>
1: I mean, you did have that one shot of him like eating the ice cream, watching TV while the two guys in the back were having sex. But yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did have like a double take and look back thing, which I thought was kind of funny. (laughs) The morality play part, I'm glad you liked it. Um, I liked it for mostly true, but I don't buy fully some of Dream's explanation. Uh, He's like, they're not lies, they're dreams. Uh, Judy dream of leaving everything behind and... uh, (laughs) Uh, moving to somewhere where nobody knows i'm like that's not a dream <laughs>
1: his <laughs> like ultimate explanation didn't quite work but like the point he was trying to make was valid <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: i'm like that's something she could see a therapist about that's not a dream <laughs> i think that's depression yeah that's a
1: that's a neurosis <laughs>
0: uh but um i did like the part uh, i thought how the way they were changing John D, I was gonna want. I was wondering how they're gonna make him carry out this grotesque thing. I did like the part where, like, he wasn't trying to kill them. He was kind of trying to give them what they want, like the truth. But what he doesn't realize is that somehow that sometimes leads to things like you know that murder that happens, which he didn't deliberately cause. You know, no,
1: like he didn't know that that was gonna happen. It's just that's just what yeah. happened. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but after that, he got pissed off because they're pissed off at him. And then he started killing them, right. which um, I think was a lot more fitting with this character of John D. But I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I have mixed about it. I really like this episode, but I also mix. Um, I also miss some of the uh, the elements from the comic version. Okay. Um, they change around all of the characters and character motivations a lot. They make them a lot better. Um, they gender they gender swap the roles of Gary and Kate.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that means. They're more interesting in this version as yes. she's the yes. powerful one and he's the, the subservient yes. husband. Yeah.
0: Yes. And they want at each other's throats in the comics. It's like, it's hidden, like John D fight out through magic, but Gary is the powerful CEO um,
1: of this CEO Vanguard.
0: Who, yeah. And he, well, like the whole Vanguard thing's uh, made up, I believe. Uh, like, But he was just a successful man who was like, the reveal was like, he was assaulting a lot of sex walkers. That's, like, um, cool. And, <laughs> yep. And Judy uh, have a secret uh, necrophiliac fetish.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> like,
0: that, that's the kind of, the, that's the things that they uh, reveal. But I like the gender swap thing. Like, the new dynamic between Gary and Kate is definitely a lot more interesting. But uh, Waitress, Bat and Marsh is also completely changed, um, especially to make Bat a more sympathetic, lonely, better person. But the whole point of 24-7 in the comic is that, like, everybody there was kind of, like, like if you scratch stuff underneath the surface, like, people always have, like, bad things about them, you know? And like it, it, it's kind of a really hopeless and cynical view of humanity, which I liked at the time, <laughs> but I'm kind of <laughs> glad they changed it. Yeah,
1: you know? I'm not a fan of that kind of storytelling. I, I guess I probably no, would have been, like, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah, but yes, when I was young and cynical
0: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly now i still think people are mostly terrible so i just don't care that much anymore. <laughs> i'll do i'll do right <laughs> i'll do right by myself that's all that matters. <laughs> um uh, so the changes they made with bad is yeah she's an aspiring writer and she wants to pay people off in her stories but marsh was a truck driver who um, come by and um, hang out with her every once in a while and they clearly having a sexual relationship, and they say that uh, they they uh, imply it first and then say it. But the big reveal is Marsh' wife died um, from alcohol; like she's a, she was an alcoholic. She died from liver failure, and um, the reason is that we later find out by the end of the episode. The reason is that she found out that Bat and Marsh were having an affair. Right? Okay. And, and uh, Marsh got tired of her depression and alcoholism and he deliberately left out a crate of alcohol before one of his long haul roads and that's what led to her death so uh, both Bette and Marsh are also like like, like implicated like even Bette wasn't that good of a person you know that was the reveal it's you know cynical and shocking and teenage me liked it but this change is better <laughs> uh, and also the the bit about the son was also in there like Marsh uh, went to prison uh because after the wife's death he kind of cracked and he started stealing from um his deliveries and when he went to prison the big reveal is like the the, the similar similar speech that uh, that Marsh made in the show in the comic is he met that son in prison in and prison he, the okay. wife, yeah <laughs> And the line is fucking brutal. Uh, you know, uh, anybody could have had him for a, a pack of cigarettes. And you know what? I did and That was the line. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like how like, in the comic it was like, ah, it was really like gritty, gruddy, gross story. Um, <laughs> oh, and you feel like really dirty and conflicted about like all these terrible things happening to these people who are also kind of terrible <laughs> but uh, the more i explain it to you the more i think i'm actually liking the adaptation they did
1: yeah i'm glad it didn't go that route because i like the more i mean marsh is is a awful human being obviously but yeah. it's more morally ambiguous and, and even with the the thing with judy and bet judy after you know they have sex um she confesses that she hit her ex-girlfriend yeah um yeah and that's like, you know, it, it recontextualizes what you know about her and it makes you think, yeah. like, is she a good or bad person? And is that really the right way to look at it? Um, and I thought that was really interesting and a really, like, I don't know, fun I mean, way to play with the characters.
0: You shouldn't hit your partners. No, no, happens. you should <laughs> never hit your partners. I know. Um, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but i know what you mean like they complicated yeah
1: right? it, it made them more of a complicated, like they all deeply interesting... broken people yeah right there can be broken people but i think that's way more interesting than these are just awful people who are doing awful things yeah. <laughs> like i also like how when you first meet bet the waitress who is the closest you get to like a purely good person mm-hmm. she's uh she's really got that like waitress banter down Like everything she says to John in that first interaction is just one platitude after another. She always comes back with like the perfect platitude. And I I just that's great writing. I love that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I would say in the in the TV show version, she is a good person. Like there's nothing really like she's just just lonely, right? Lonely
1: and you know, wants to wants people to like her. Yeah.
0: The kind of like horrific but funny things that I they I do miss that they change is like John would use the Ruby to change things every hour like like for one hour they would worship him as a god for another hour like like they he they would make them animal animal like and like they he watched them like a documentary and like gary rips out mark's throat because he wants to be the alpha like so that's how they die in the comics like he's just playing with them and they slowly like chopping like it's real body horror as well like like when when he was being worshipped as a god like they were chopping off body parts and offering to him as sacrifice like so it was that kind of like real metal story
1: (laughs) right yeah you get a little bit of that right at the end where you know um, that's true mark cuts off his own hand after nailing it to the to the bar and uh bet stabs herself in the eyes and stuff yeah Yeah. you get a little bit of it but it's more implied than shown
0: (laughs) it yes it escalates suddenly (laughs) it is very
1: quick but you know i think that that makes sense to me because once you cross that threshold it's just it's it's easy to just go all in
0: yeah that's true that's true and it's all shocking at the end and i don't think people would have wanted like a whole 45 minute of like weird body horror things yeah i don't think that's why they're tuning in yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah um so what do you think about the fates showing up again
1: that confused me like it really yeah, I'm like,
0: wait why are the fates here why are they
1: here and why did i just i didn't get it at all i got the, the 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 riddle that like you know they say that okay your future is you are going to crush death and obviously our dream and obviously he does but not in the way he thinks because that's how the fates do their thing yeah but at the same time i don't see what their narrative purpose was at all they,
0: they just wanted to repurpose the cool scene from the comic in which um in one in one of the instances for his entertainment he turned all the girls into oracles and make them tell his fortune
1: oh okay
0: so that's so they replaced that with the fates
1: <laughs> i didn't really get that part so
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it was cool it I, looked but good. i don't yeah yeah <laughs> um and also like the fates are supposed to you know be Guardians of Woman. Like, I don't know why they showed up for fucking John D. <laughs> <laughs> so you put in narrative rug pull at the end of this episode.
1: Well, like, I, I was saying in the last episode, it felt like the entire season was setting up to be about Dream getting his tools back. And then at the end of this episode, he's succeeded. He's got his tools back. Like, the story's over. He's just finished off the big villain of the of this storyline. So what why is there still more show like and then the next show just starts with him feeding the pigeons and it's just very confusing um
0: <laughs> well, i like that that's... i like
1: that it keeps an I and i know now that you've explained yeah. it to me <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so we should i should probably explain it on the podcast as yes, well you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> which is um that was the first story arc um and for people who are not really familiar with comics at all, the way um, comic books work in, especially in um, long format like this, is four to eight issues. Uh, in more in modern um, comics, it's usually six issues, but four to eight issues will be a story arc, and then it will move on to like a next story. And there might be some fillers in the in between of standalone adventures. Um, and that's that is that way because when um, they can then collect it into paperback editions later and release it as paperback books and if you do go out and buy sandman in the original paperback format uh, this this story arc uh, up to um 24 7 what we uh, just described and the first half of the next episode the song of our Winds. um with him feeding the pigeons, that's what you'll get in the first paperback. So that's why it's like that. That's why it's um, disjointed. That's why it'd be like, wait, is the show over? Right. <laughs> it's been five episodes. Yeah. So they put, put like amazing- a little
1: tiny tease at the end of Desire just to yeah. m- just to let you know okay the show is, is still going
0: yeah
1: <laughs> just to give you yeah. something
0: it sounds like that's what they're going to be roughly doing for each season because they just to coincide with the release of the show they just re-released um Sandman again but this time they each volume is kind of, kind of have like two um to three trade paperback stuff in oh, it okay yeah so if you go out and buy the latest edition of paperback sandman you will get everything you saw in the show, in season. So go do okay. that. Uh, so w- were you concerned with the narrative rock book? Were you like, oh wait, what happened now?
1: <laughs> Not really. I was more surprised than worried. Like, okay. um, I have a lot of faith in Neil Gaiman as a storyteller. He's very, he's like master level storyteller. So like, oh, I yeah, knew, 100%. I knew it would be fine. I, I, it just took me by surprise. That's all.
0: Yeah, I was actually concerned that people would tune out at this point um uh like it would lose audience around this point like the netflix really never released detailed breakdown of uh, viewership numbers so we'll never know but um i think that's why they put so much work into the next episode and like keeping the character keeping the viewers around so do you want to go into it
1: sure let's talk about the the sixth episode
0: the Sound of Her Wings, which um, the first half of the episode is pretty much the s- exact same story as the comic um, standalone single issue of that name. But uh, it also combined with another issue called uh, uh, A Man of Good Fortune, which is the second half of this with Hob Gadling. I like that they combined it and especially the way they combined it, I think, really makes sense in the context of the show. But yeah. let's get into the death plot first. What did you think? This is our first time meeting another analyst.
1: Um, I liked the character of death. Like, I liked the actress who plays it, and um, I just liked the, the the personification of death as this more of sweet a kind, lady. sweet yeah. person. Yeah I, yeah, I really appreciated that. That was a good. That's a a good like a subversion of tropes, you know. Yeah. Um, and i i I liked I liked this first half of the episode, but at the same time, I felt like it it was. Really, really exposition heavy of just death, like explaining things to Dream that Dream should probably already know.
0: (laughs) Well, I think she was not explaining things per se, but like trying to convince him that, you know, to get out of his funk. And you know, when somebody is depressed, it is, it does involve a lot of telling them things they already know.
1: Yeah, Maybe, but like, it didn't come across that way to me. It just came across as spoon feeding exposition to the audience. Ah, okay. Like which part? all of it <laughs> like she's explaining how the endless work basically
0: oh okay well like, yeah maybe for me it doesn't really feel like that anymore because like for me that's just something i have internalized long ago <laughs> right because yeah
1: you know it all now <laughs>
0: yeah yeah true i guess because we've never encountered any of the other endless yet and but but in the comics most of the endless functions are pretty much already explained by now so that's that I guess that's why it feel more exposition in the show. um they did um change the race of death. um uh, that's a weird thing to say because like the analysts are perceived differently by different people anyway. I don't really care that they changed it. but the um, the in the comics she's like a, a very pale skinned goth chick, <laughs> and um, I'm I'm still attached to that version of the character. Um, and the tattoo I'll get is probably is gonna be of her, but I really like the TV show version as well. Like it's the same character; she's just black. That's fine. They like uh, people are complaining that oh they're supposed to be brothers like they're not really they don't have a parents they like brothers in the sense yeah, of they're, they're endless all... they
1: don't have races yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have ethnicities <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I liked I liked everything about it uh, the dialogue in this is most of it is pretty much taken straight out of the comic okay like, they barely change anything in the um in the the sound of our wings part
1: but no, uh, it was good like it was it was very um poetic. Um, and I did appreciate that, and the tone was very, it was slow and methodical, but not in a bad way.
0: The one thing that they did, the one little thing that they did change, that um, I'm so, being such a dick because I'm like, I can't believe they changed that. At one point, <laughs> Death threw uh, uh, the bread at uh, Dream, <laughs> and I hate, like I I really like the moment in the comedy because Dream has been like such a big larger than life figure until now, right? He's been on a terrible quest facing down lucifer facing down right and now Um, here he is just uh, feeding the
1: pigeons all depressed and emo
0: and and being berated by his older sister like who (laughs) threw bread at him and that was a really good moment in the comic
1: (laughs) i do have to say when i was watching this episode i was very distracted by that bread because it looked delicious (laughs) like why are you wasting it on pigeons (laughs) um yeah
0: i love that i i you know um we do get to see more of her as going forward and i yeah i i really want to oh actually um we forgot this isn't the second the first time we see another endless because at the end of last episode we see desire we did
1: see desire yeah very briefly
0: yeah Yeah, i didn't like that yeah like i I I said i think
1: i feel like they put it in just to show you that there's still more story going um yeah it felt very tacked on and pointless yeah
0: (laughs) it felt very tacked on and it felt like a little bit silly like i'm watching you like who's
1: who are you talking to
0: (laughs) i mean to be fair desire is a dramatic bitch that is their function (laughs) (laughs) like i i love how awful uh, drama Queen Desire is I love it in the comic I love it in the show and I haven't seen much kind of it of but
1: I've, I've already gotten that sense yeah. <laughs> just from like two short scenes I've already gotten that yeah. sense
0: <laughs> yes and the actress who played Desire is also very good um, uh, they are they, they were in Cowboy Bebop I don't know if you remember or not
1: that's I knew that they were familiar but I couldn't place yeah. it so there you go it's yeah. Cowboy Bebop yeah They were really Um, good in that. Yeah, yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah. Even the parts you didn't like about comic people, they were really good in that. Yeah, and they were were good idea as
1: well. One episode, they were one of the best things about an episode that I really hated. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
0: (laughs) true, true. Um, Yeah, doing a great job here. But let's go back to talking about death. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. What do you What do you think of her as a, a newcomer to the story?
1: Um. I like that she brings a different a different tone like she she's she's got more of a she's not as cynical and dark as every other character we've met so far like yeah she has a really like sweet way of looking at things and you know she's that death who comes to you as a friend um, and I really appreciate that and I really feel like it it helps the show feel more well rounded. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Yes, hundred percent. Like if that character, this characterization of death is my favorite characterization in any fiction. Except maybe like some comedic one where they make fun of death, but um <laughs> as a as a serious uh well, yeah, like <laughs> Bill and
1: Ted's uh, bogus journey. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, so good, so good. Um, there is a couple of spin-offs with that. Um, like just a couple of issues, like not an ongoing story. People should chase it down if they enjoy the character, it's really good. So it transitioned to uh, Death was trying to kind of teach uh dream and lesson in that like, hey, you need to be in more more in touch with humanity, right? Like it feels like this is
1: not it feels like this is an argument they've been having for centuries right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly because that's what the show did great with combining these episodes to show us that death has been trying to get this through his thick skull for literal <laughs> centuries. So, it override my earlier complaints about, like, how dr- change um, seems to be coming too quickly in the show. But this episode kind of contextualized it by cramming the Hobgadling story, the, the story of Men of Good Fortune, at the end. Uh, it flashed back to the, the idea that, hey, Death has been trying to be like, hey, get amongst the people, learn what human beings are like for centuries. And he just really, like... He, He's a he's a dumb tantrumy kid. Like it just took it's just been taking him a while to get through his thick skull. And they were really smart with their storytelling because the way the Man of Good Fortune uh, worked in the comics is I'm jumping to the end there, but he doesn't miss a meeting. He stomped out angry because you know, Hob does imply that um, they were friends, and that but he comes to the next meeting as a friend.
1: Uh, but, okay.
0: Here, because of the time skip, uh, because because of the timeline changes, because it's set in modern time now. He had he to miss was, one because it was over a century, it. right? <laughs> yeah. And um, they use that as a fact to cram in the fact that, okay, so his change is slow. He did storm out of that path and deny to himself that he, he was developing a friendship for a long time. And then he got trapped and then he didn't come. So I think the coming back at the end at a, outside of his appoint appointed meeting time, I think that shows that the this show Sandman character is quite different now and justify the change in demeanor um he has. And know. I think
1: maybe if we if we go back to the, the story of Nada, um yeah. then we can look at we can go way back and see a version yeah. of Dream that was way more um uh ambivalent and mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And selfish.
1: Selfish. That's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Because that's what Dream calls in in this episode. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Most selfish excuse of a personification <laughs> of a concept I've ever met. That was a great which line. Is a great line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what did you think about this hobgatling g- story with the pub and the time skip?
1: again kind of like episode five i liked it because it was it It felt theatrical and at the same yeah. time it was like a thought experiment i really really yeah. dug it and it was all yeah. about like when is this guy ever gonna break is he ever gonna want to die and he just yeah. no matter what he's like no are you kidding i love this this is great yeah yeah
0: <laughs> i have never related to anybody in fiction more than i relate to home catholic <laughs> he's,
1: he's like, like so oh great. man
0: everything is terrible like he's like down and out he's so emo about it he's like all the terrible things keep happening to me and then people are like well you want to quit like no life is this is awesome (laughs) you kidding (laughs) Uh, i love hub i love hub and um this episode is so good, and it's really funny if you pay attention to, like, all the background dialogue Oh, and yeah, stuff. like,
1: every single century's got their own little Easter eggs for that century. It's really kind yes. of funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: But at the same time, every single century, like, people are kind of still complaining about the same thing. Yeah, like...
1: If you listen to the the dialogue of people in the background, they're basically having the same conversation, just in yes. different contexts. Yeah,
0: yeah. They complaining about tax. Yeah. Uh, they, um, like, uh, it went from like um, poll tax. Poll tax. To, like, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And the the, the d- two different popes collecting taxes <laughs> to modern day like. Uh, <laughs> GST, Um, (laughs) and and there was multiple people at different centuries complaining about door bludges, like, oh, they just—they don't even have to work, they're just living off the... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, Neil Gaiman is definitely left-leaning, so if you're not, maybe you wouldn't have enjoyed it, but (laughs) we are, so we did enjoy it. And also um, literary references as well, like they had (laughs)
1: Yeah, of course, so, I caught all of these. <laughs> the Shakespeare <laughs> was the easy one. That's the one everybody can
0: yeah. catch. Yeah. yeah. The first one with Chaucer, Chaucer. is the funniest. Yeah. One. yeah. <laughs> because um, for people who don't know, there's jo- that's Geoffrey Chaucer, the writer of Canterbury Tales. You may have had the fortune or misfortune to have to have read it in high school. I say uh, this as a literary nerd. It.
1: It's not fortunate if you have to read that in high school. <laughs> Nobody enjoys that book in high school. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Why? Well, I mean, look, there are like 40 funny bits in it. Yeah, you know? that's true. Uh which is what that um, scene, the scene in Sandman was making fun of. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> the other guy is like, oh, you know, like people want to read literature. They don't want to read body tales set in a <laughs> tavern. <Devin. laughs> I just love Johnson's reply, but I like rhyming and bawdy tales.
1: <laughs> and it's very meta because they're in a tavern and we're watching a story yeah. set in a tavern with all these body jokes. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also like it kind of make fun of Chaucer. So because Chaucer was also like kind of deeply religious. Yeah. And it kind of retails as also supposed to be like a religious telling, you know, like it 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 justified what saints and sinners and Scenes uh is uh but he also it was a clearly a man who wanted to tell some bawdy story and he's cloaking <laughs> it in this religious uh morality tale context. That's how he can get so, away
1: with it, you know, wouldn't have been able yeah. to publish it otherwise.
0: So I really like that joke. Like I really like the idea that Johnson is just some dude drunk dude, like, but I, I want to tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, um, Shakespeare uh, was chatting to Christopher Marlowe. Marlowe, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, the author of uh, Dr. Faustus. Is that I the name of the? Or they
1: just. Faustus? I don't is remember. I think you're right. Dr. Faustus. I don't remember. I don't really Which know is... a lot about Christopher Marlowe. I mean, I know all about the stupid conspiracy theory that he wrote Shakespeare, but that's about yes. as much as I know.
0: <laughs> yeah. There is no evidence that Marlowe and Shakespeare actually knew each other. Correct. They were contemporary and uh, existed around the same times. So, like through conjecture, you can say that they could have met and drunk at the same
1: bar. Yeah, it's not uh, outside the realm of possibility for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but you are right, though. There is also conspiracy theory that he wrote Shakespeare. There's a lot of conspiracy theory about Shakespeare. And if you really looked into it, that's because Britain is a deeply classist <laughs> nation. And they kind of don't like the fact that uh, Shakespeare was this lower class guy who. Changed was, who the did world. Really well. yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've studied that conspiracy theories. I know way more than I want to. Um, and it's all nonsense. Shakespeare wrote Shakespeare. I mean, yeah, he collaborated a little bit with like the yep. people in his his acting troupe and stuff like that, but he still was the main writer of Shakespeare. <laughs>
0: Well, and he also stole like that's Oh yeah, like, left and right,
1: totally. Yeah. Like the only original Romeo. story he told was Midsummer Night's Dream.
0: Funny you say that. Um, <laughs> stay tuned for more Sandman. Um, see uh, all the things we're discussing. Neil Gaiman already thought of that. <laughs> yeah,
1: of course, yeah. Can't beat Neil Gaiman at his own game.
0: <laughs> um, uh, Romeo and Julia is just Tristan and Isol, which oh, is always absolutely. funny to me. One hundred percent. In a lot of way, Tristan, it's all is better, isn't it?
1: Um, yeah, I, I hate Romeo and Juliet. That's my least favorite Shakespeare play. <laughs> uh,
0: I like, I like the movie. Actually, like, It's my guilty pleasure. It's because it's so dumb, like with all the guns, the guns, and Leonardo
1: <laughs> DiCaprio. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and John like okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. What did you think about Hob? like uh, as a character as
1: a character i absolutely loved him uh he is one of my favorite characters ever not just even in this show just that i've ever seen on tv i love him so much um he's so interesting and i could watch an entire show just based on his adventures you know um he's great and i love that he's always cheerful no matter what i I, it's so cool (laughs) and like he obviously I, i like little touches like he he he's a smoker. He's a heavy drinker. Because why not? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, he's great.
0: I like the little touch of him uh, being jealous when he lost Dream's attention to Shakespeare.
1: Yeah, it's
0: <laughs> like wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, yeah, i like, we're supposed to be chatting. Uh, uh, and you may have um, guessed, viewers and Eric, that um, yeah, there's a couple of plot lines being dangled for future. <laughs> oh it's very clear yeah yeah, yeah. Well, you will find out more about what kind of deal Shakespeare made with Dream
1: I figured they wouldn't they wouldn't dangle that without paying off eventually
0: <laughs> yep yeah and also um uh, we see Constantine
1: that's true and it's the okay. same actress and uh yep I
0: was that more more What's Joanna that?
1: Constantine the better really
0: <laughs> yeah that wasn't confusing, right? Like, um, I was worried that a couple of some people might be like, "Oh, so Joanna's immortal." Um,
1: it wasn't confusing to me because they'd already mentioned that he knew uh, a distant ancestor of Constantine. True. So, like, yeah. they, they'd set it up already.
0: True. Um, so, in the comics, this is the Joanna Constantine. Like, the reason they change the modern day Constantine to Joanna is because they they have this character as a template. They like, oh, why not just parallel it you know modern day can be a lady too
1: yeah and like um, we said to, yeah. to separate it from the other incarnations of constantine we've seen already
0: yeah and um yes we will also see um what kind of mission Sandman later put this lady jo- joanna constantine to That's i think another plot threat.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like the second tease to that plot plot line because like i said earlier they, they mentioned it yeah. so yeah yeah,
0: yeah. um Also, did you catch at the beginning uh, of the um, tavern part uh, a dream casually dropping that the fairies are thinking about leaving human realm?
1: I like that because that's (laughs) about the the time that people stopped really believing in fairies. It's great. I thought that was really clever. Very Neil Gaiman. Like, so Neil (laughs) Gaiman.
0: That's also another hanging plot threat.
1: Oh, really? They're going to get back to that. That's awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This episode is just a delight. I was smiling the whole way through, and I really felt for him when he came back hundred years later, and Dream wasn't there. And then he realized that Tavern was being torn down, and him buying it—that was great. Like, yeah, and he—he
1: um, he still believed. Like even though he, he'd been stuck, he was like, "Okay, well, he'll—I'll just, you know, move the tavern over there and wait him out." Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although I do—I did wish um, Dream. Found him through dreams
1: that would have made like, a lot of sense yeah oh, sorry yeah that would have made a, a lot of sense
0: yeah instead of like uh, being a sign that says this way new death
1: <laughs> and then like he just happened to be there you know like is he sitting there 24 yeah. 7 every day
0: <laughs> uh, well i guess I he has to run
1: it somehow <laughs> i guess it's true <laughs> so
0: what did you think of these episodes in total like
1: um yeah, you know, I really did like the first three episodes a lot, but these three episodes yep. were a different level. Like, the this, this show has gotten so much better. Um, yeah. And it was already a high mark to begin with. So I am so excited to, to finish watching this show because these three episodes blew me away. They like, really blew yeah. me away. Yeah. One um, thing about episodes five and six where was Matthew? Like, we didn't see uh, Matthew in yeah, <laughs> episode yeah. five or episode six.
0: Yeah. I mean, in the comics as well, like they're not like attached at the hips. Oh, okay. um, he um, And also, Dream must always have a ra- raven thing is new to the show. Like in the comic, he just sometimes has a raven, but he <laughs> like having a raven. It's It wasn't like a requirement or anything. <laughs> well, it was a requirement
1: for 90s comics. You know, they had the crow and everything, you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You're going to have an true. emo I mean, character,
1: you got to have a raven, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and they might, they must make a nevermore joke at some point. Oh, of
1: course, yeah, that's that's necessary.
0: I think in comic, Matthew does say, "I'm not going to say nevermore" at one point. Um,
1: <laughs> that's pretty, which good.
0: is like the second time Neil Gaiman made that uh Raven nevermore joke, because although in American God, Gods, yeah. Um, yeah yeah uh the main character meet odin's ravens and he tried to get it to say nevermore and it was they were like fuck off <laughs> <laughs> uh all right so shall we wrap it up Um, uh, you're enjoying it you're excited for the next uh four episode
1: i'm so i'm so down like i i'm loving the show and i really want to know like they've obviously you have no set, idea
0: what's going to happen next <laughs> no i mean they've
1: obviously set up there's some kind of conspiracy there's more to his capture than we know and you've still got uh corinthian out there and desire's up to no good and with somebody else i don't know um we've got to see a uh, despair because he's been name dropped way too many times um so yeah i'm really excited to just see where it goes i'm just i'm along for the ride just happily watching like I don't have any expectations. I just want. I just want to enjoy the ride.
0: <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad. I'm excited for you to experience the uh, the next four episode. I think I'll watch rewatch it. Uh, we'll watch the whole series before we record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time. Oh, actually, next time we'll also be talking about Picard and Strange New Worlds before we get into the rest of Sandman. So it's going to be a start,
1: Star Star Trek Star Trek. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Uh, which one do we like and which one do we hate?
1: We'll see. Julie to
0: find out. <laughs> All right. Until next time, I've been Lynn, and this has been The Stranger Thing. Uh, sorry, go
1: <laughs> I'm leaving that in.
0: <laughs> this has been The Streaming Heat, and I've been Lynn. I've been Eric,
1: and life is but a stream. Bye. Bye. All right.